Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Picture List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Welcome to episode 670 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, April 9th. <laughs> it's a Fireside Chat, and I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, I almost said Wednesday. You caught it. You caught it. We're keeping it, though. We're, go- we're riding with it. How are you doing? We are. What is happening? Uh, it is almost hump day. You know, we, we thought we thought it was, and it wasn't, but it almost is. So We're kind of midday. So I think um, to to kind of get people on the right page here with, we didn't have a, a fireside last week, and honestly, if you're gonna miss a week, let it be when there's nothing, like there's like nothing to really go off of. But going forward, we're Fridays, right? And, and we might we might bounce around uh, every once in a great while because of schedules, but you expect us Fridays. You expect me and Justin on t- uh, Monday and Thursday. You and I on Fridays, mm-hmm. and then me riding a solo either on Tuesday or Wednesday. So that's that's the schedule that you guys can start to get used to and expect. This one is on a Tuesday to make up for the fact that we missed last week, but then Friday's going forward. I don't think – are we doing one this Friday? Are we going to get a two for it? Why not, man? Let's do it. Two for it. All Let's right. There we it. go. So we're going to get on the Friday schedule this week. Boom. But here's this makeup for last week's, and uh, we had to do it to him, you know, because – Obviously, we are riding small samples, but we're already getting intrigued by stuff. I know you're out there watching. Obviously, you do the roundup every night. So even if you're not watching every game, you're digging into the box scores. You're digging into the data. You're seeing some stuff that's impressing you. Of course, I'm out there doing the same. And I am seeing some guys that are catching my eye. And as we've talked about both on the Pitcherless pods and here on Sleeper in the Bus, you don't get opportunity to wait anymore. That you sure. just don't. Right. Nothing can stabilize. You have to make moves before you're quote unquote ready, or you're just going to miss out on everything. So, with that in mind, we've each got a couple of guys that are standing out to us that we want to talk about a little bit in depth. And so, uh, four names. I want you to kick it off though, because well, I like I like both your names. Well, all right. Uh, I don't know which one I inherently like more. I have to go first with me being a Boyd boy. In, a Boyd uh, boy. yeah. in Matthew also Boyd, boy. uh, I mean, considering that he's had two straight back to well, back to back double digit strikeout games of ten and thirteen Ks, he has to be swooped up everywhere. And it, I think that's a very interesting conversation about what we should expect moving forward from him. Uh, he was against the Jays the first time, so we were a little sure. bit hesitant to go after. It. And then the Yankees aren't at their peak; they weren't when he uh, faced them on April third either. But they're not garbage either. Exactly. Let's not pretend right. that there's some Baltimore lineup. It, they were in an elite offense. I would say they're about but, middle ground now. Mid tier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because right. I think some are pretending like it's a it's triple A lineup. And I made I made mention on the pod when we were talking about Boyd with Justin. There's no triple A lineup with Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez. Um, there was another guy in there that I, I Aaron, oh, Aaron Judge. Judge. Hello, that guy's pretty decent. Hi. So yeah, <laughs> you know, let, let's not freak out and pretend that it's a garbage lineup. And he went in there and cut him up. Boy, did what's he doing that's working? Well, okay, so he had this really nice stretch last year of twelve games of three twenty nine ERA in a K per inning with under a two walk per nine. And the main thing that we saw was the increased velocity. It's been talked about a bit. Uh, where he was throwing around 89-90 last year, and then by the end of the year, it was 91-92. Well, the first two games, he is sitting around 91, and he's had a lot of good results with that, but it's all, honestly, it's just setting up his slider. His slider is this phenomenal pitch. Did you take him in the pitcherless P-Val draft? Was he, was he one of your guys? 
He was picked in it, his slider at he least. He was picked. I don't think I took him. I'll tell you what, by the way, I do declare myself a Boyd boy, but one of the reasons I don't have massive stock in either Boyd or any of the the Tigers guys that intrigued me, even um, uh, Fulmer before his injury, is because I was worried about that defense mm-hmm. and, and how that defense might affect guys. And, uh, you know, if you strike the world out, that doesn't you matter. Can't, you can't really get burned by the defense there. So uh, I'm pulling up the P-Val draft right now. I but don't yeah. think I, I – Well, he had, a, he had an 18 P-Val last year on a slider alone. It was a phenomenal pitch, a, a top 10 slider in the majors last year for P-Val. And it's still so good. Uh, he had 26. Andy Patton's a Boyd boy. Pardon there me for interrupting you, but round eight, he, he became a Boyd boy well, in round eight, the last he's, round. He's been talking about Boyd and actually one of your guys too this, this offseason a lot as well. Uh, but with the games that the Boyd has had so far, 26 whiffs and 98 pitches against the Yankees. He had 42 CSW, those called strikes plus whiffs in that game, which is as elite as you'll find, really, yeah. save for like James Paxton no hitter last year. Uh, it was it was phenomenal. He was doing a lot of sliders down, heaters up. That is exactly the kind of thing I look for every time. And even in the first start, it was still 19 whiffs and 85 pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, a ton of those with that slider. That that's really the pitch that's taken over. A lot of people have asked, "Is this Patrick Corbin 2.0?" And I understand that comparison. It's a two pitch guy without an overwhelming fastball, but an amazing slider. I'm a little yep. hesitant to say that. I don't think I his agree. heater is as good as Corbin's as far as overall command with it. Not to mention the slider is great. It's not the what was it 30 percent swing strike rate and 30 percent. Zone rate of Corbin and like a forty-five percent pitch. Like uh, yeah. Boyd's using his thirty-seven percent. Corbin was almost fifty-fifty. And two point oh implies a better iteration. If anything, I might say he's a Patrick oh, Corbin one point oh. He's yeah, kind fair. of a lesser version of Corbin. Not only with some of the flaws in Boyd's profile, but again that that team context that he's with there. Because I do hate that outfield defense quite a bit and we've actually seen it hit him a little bit already in these first two starts when teams are making contact which has been rare i think my favorite thing and it's a, it's definitely something that you see in like a two-start kind of deal but uh, i love that boyd's fip is uh, 0. 0.01 oh, i love it, it they, they, it's because obviously for those that don't know it's because he strikes out so many guys and he's only walked what four total i think yeah it, uh, it's just it's hilarious because like for some reason that's funnier to me than if it were zero it's just yeah. like You've registered something, but it's a uh, 0.01. It's pretty much saying we don't know what to do with this. Yeah, we, you, you've been dominant, now, and it's been fantastic. Now, here's the thing. I'm not trying to say that Boyd isn't going to have this massive breakout now, that there's no chance of it. Yeah, but, let's, let's turn it forward here and see what what, what are we going to get. Well, right. So Boyd actually, in 2016, had this really, really good changeup. It was mm-hmm. not not a money pitch. It was a Bitcoin pitch. It was phenomenal. 52% zone rate then, 22% swing strike rate, 46% O swing. He was getting a ton. That was really the pitch he turned to before the slider really took over. And it was still a money pitch actually in 2017. He just took a massive step back last year. And he hasn't turned to it at all. Actually, in that 42% CSW start against the Yankees where he killed it, he threw one changeup. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, hasn't needed start. it this year, though, well, because right. of the slider and um and his fastball actually working. Yeah, so he has turned to a curveball a bit. It's mm-hmm. it's fine. It's not great. A little slow curve action that right. you kind of sneak in there. Not something that I would want Boyd relying on with any uh real regularity, maybe outside of a 15% peak. Yeah, that that sounds right. That's only for the starts that say the slider is just not getting uh not getting the whiffs that it normally would get, and he had to throw his curveball for strikes more often. 
Uh, I would love to see that changeup really take hold again because he has it. it. It was there before. Yes, it had a season that was down. We've seen that before. Guys have bad seasons where they lose their feel and they get it back. I, I really want to see something at least. Maybe it is that curveball that that takes us that step forward and makes sure that he maintains at least that 91 mile per hour velocity on the fastball for me to feel more confident. But it, boy, it is out there. I mean, I it, there's few guys that that can. Strike out back to back games of, of yep. ten plus. So that, there's you have something to called, go after that. There's something called signature significance, which I believe is is coined by Bill James, and it it, it highlights you know how a small sample, when it's so good, takes on extra value and kind of makes up for the fact that it is a a you know eleven inning sample in this case for Boyd. When you're getting double digit strikeouts against two major league clubs, we can say what we want about Toronto or even the lesser than than peak. Yankees offense that's still double digit strikeouts twice. By the way, a uh, little breaking news here. Give give people a little extra here. Sure. Sale. It's, it's it's not going well. It's five runs now. It was the uh, last time I checked, it was 91, 92 on his fastball. It's five runs on six hits, three strikeouts and three and two thirds. Just a quick, quick hitter from you, because this is not where we're at right now. We're trying to be on the positive end. That, sure. That's going to doink in for a base hit. But where are you on sale right now? And what are you doing if you've got him? Obviously, it's hard. You know, nothing cut wise, but are you trying to trade him and, and just getting out from under it at 80 cents on the dollar? Where are you on Chris Sale real quick? I would say 80 cents on the dollar. You would do that just to rid yourself of the headache, honestly. Uh, I will say this. I do believe that at some point he will improve. I think that's a very uh, obvious statement that sure. he's not going to be at 91, 92 for the season. He, you know, either he, they put him on the DL and let him rest and figure that. I was going to say, unless he's hurt and they take him off, I agree. Sales going to get better. Right. So you can invest in him. If you are confident with the rest of your team, if you have a staff that you're fine with without sale, then I honestly would just hold it and just wait it out because especially in a head to head league, the second half of the year, you're going to want to have sale there. Yeah. Grind it out on the waiver wire. Uh, if you're, you know, 10 or 12 teamer where the uh, waiver wire is a little bit rich and, and, and a head to head, I agree with you there. Jack Flaherty, would you take him for sale? That would be 80 cents on the dollar. That would be exactly, yeah. that's right where it is around the 20 mark of the starters. Yep. Yeah. Something like that. So I, I could see considering it. I can't go any lower than that though. I'm not taking, you know, like a Masahiro Tanaka, no, yeah, uh, no. even a Chris Archer who's looked a decent. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. So that's where we're at on on sale. Uh, not going so well in the in the home debut. Now, last last thing about Boyd. Yes, <laughs> this is the craziest thing about Boyd. Uh, his schedule is so good. Mm. I can't I can't emphasize this enough. He gets the the Indians tomorrow. I mean, yes, and they and I, they are anemic. Well, I mean, yeah, you have Zimmerman at least getting his just desserts today at least. But I uh, he gets the Pirates after that. Then he gets the White Sox, and then the White Sox again. That's a two-start week, by the way. The Pirates-White Sox bit that is next correct. week, yeah. I believe, is a two-start week for yeah. Boyd. And then the White Sox again, and then the Royals, and then the Angels. That's what it is until the middle Let's of go. May. So <laughs> we can be talking about Boyd killing it for a while right now. Uh, I'm on board for that. And then, yeah, he does get Houston after that. He might get the A's and then the Mets. and might get a little bit harder. Sure, but uh, this is something you have to jump on now if there's any opportunity to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Boyd is an all formats guy. You got you got to pick a guy up that's doing that well. Uh, for my first guy, let's stick with this team. Mm-hmm. Let's stick with the with the Tigers. And obviously, I am a a uh, um, Tigers fan who is not uh, head in sand. 
I understand this team's not good. They're seven and three right now. It's fun. <laughs> they're playing competitive ball. I mean, they're getting walled today, as you mentioned. Kluber shutting them down, and uh, Zimmerman in the bullpen got knocked around a bit by the aforementioned Cleveland offense. But it's not a good team. They they kind of lingered a bit last year too, and it was like, no, I I <laughs> I never for a second fell for it. I'm fine watching it. I'm not trying to be out there and and say don't enjoy it or anything like that. When when I sit down. To watch my tags and and they put together a decent effort that I can enjoy, even if they lose, I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, but anyway, Spencer Turnbull has been another interesting arm uh, that that has done some things for the Tigers. You know, coming in, it was thought maybe Boyd and Fulmer could be kind of a decent one-two punch that would be interesting to watch. And of course, Fulmer's gone down with the Tommy John surgery, out for the year. Spencer Turnbull was somebody who I wrote him up in the baseball forecaster and. You know, you have to deep dive there because you have that little box and you have to try to really come up with something. And, and the editing there, the editing process is, is really awesome. It's intense. They don't want you to just put some fluff, especially just reiterating what's in the stat box. You've got to right. come up with something. And so what I noticed kind of deep diving on Spencer Turnbull, you know, I knew him as like a decent prospect only for the Tigers because they didn't have a deep prospect system. But what I saw last year, was a four-pitch guy, decent velo, having a good season at AAA. Couldn't really bring it up to the majors for anything useful. You know, only had 16 innings and they didn't really go well. But I was like, if they give this guy a chance, there could be a little something here. And so far there is. And unsurprisingly, he's kind of doing a little bit of uh, similarity to Boyd in that it's really the breaking balls. Now, he's not leaning on one or the other. It's it's both. It's his slider curve combo. It's generated 13% swinging strike rate, uh, 17% against KC. He was dominating them in a 10-strikeout effort, and that's a team that usually doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, this year, they've been a little bit more strikeout prone. They've got some guys, even with those speedsters, you, you think of high contact, they can swing and miss. Uh, he's fostered a neutral pl- platoon split, even with the change not necessarily being there this year. And I think it's because he has both breaking balls to give something to righties and lefties. Turnbull is a lefty, or excuse me, is a righty himself. Uh, you know, works kind of 93 to 96, uh, really only pumping it up to the mid 90s every once in a while. It kind of sits in that 93, 94 range. Again, I do worry about the outfield defense with his fly ball lean, but you mentioned that the schedule coming up is strong for Boyd. It holds pretty well for Turnbull as well. They've got Cleveland. He's got Cleveland on Thursday as well. And then Pittsburgh next week. He doesn't get the two start week like Boyd. But I think this could be a useful guy, especially in deeper leagues. I like Boyd in shallower leagues. Um, Turnbull might be somebody you ride out in most formats right now, but I could see moving away from him in the shallower formats as the year wears on. Whereas Boyd, I could see maybe sticking around in some of the shallower formats. But I like that Turnbull is working a three-pitch combo with a changeup in his back pocket if, if he gets back to it and missing a lot of bats right now. I think that that's what's really intrigued me uh, because we saw it at the minor league level last year when he was missing bats at double and triple A. So I'm intrigued by him. He is 26, a little bit more of a ready-made guy, not not a ton of growth here. But can you get a full season of, I mean, just take the numbers that he has right now, 409 ERA, 127 whip. You'd like to see the whip come down a bit. But yeah, put that in a 15-teamer at the back end with with strikeouts because you need the strikeouts to kind of make up for the mediocre ratios. And I think Spencer Turnbull can be a decent arm. So the the thing about Turnbull, you can just watch one at bat. It's the Montessi at bat against the Royals. It's amazing. It's a first pitch curveball that Montessi just lays in there fine. Okay. Then it's a it's like 95 
uh, fastball in that has cut action. Mm-hmm. That That is not a straight as an arrow fastball. That has no. a good amount of cut inside towards the lefties. And he ate up Mondesi. Oh, he so wanted to turn on that fastball and he just ate him up. And Couldn't then do it. the next pitch was a, a curveball underneath the zone that Mondesi had to go after. After trying to trying to hit another fastball, but wait, no, it's a deuce and it falls in the dirt. And that curveball snap. It was so good, and that's not even. I actually think his slider is better. That's mm, the crazy part. Um, in that last start against the Royals, of seven over twenty four swing strikes on that slider. I don't want to even want to, They say it's a cutter on Savant. I don't want to call it that because I, I kind of want to say his four seamer is that cut. Bit, I would agree so. with that. I would, here's the thing. Everything moves with Turnbull. That's right. what I like. Uh, you get, you hit on the point about the four seamer not really being some, some straight fastball. It has movement too. So, so, but the thing is, everything is going in the same direction for the most part. It's all going down and in towards the lefties. And I don't like the fact about Turnbull is that everything was in the same location a lot in that start. He didn't actually always try to put it in the same spot that is kind of down and in and a lefty away to a righty there. I want to see him dominate the Something zone with more with his fastball. Yeah, well, not necessarily. I don't even need that. I just want him to not land the balls in the same place. So at least sure. try and go up a bit more with that cutter. Uh, and also just work both sides of the plate in the same at bat. Backdoor that cutter to lefties. Uh, have that come back towards the plate. We've seen that with a lot of guys. I think even Corbin Burns was killing it with that. He has a ton mm-hmm. of cut action on his fastball as well. Uh, that's really the biggest area of improvement for me because I love the two breaking balls. I think he has that set. I think that's a really nice foundation, and the movement on the fastball really does present someone with actual legitimate ace potential here because he has the tools that you need. It's just that polish in the fastball, and that could never come. And it makes it, obviously, the volatile nature that you're talking about. Uh, But it could take that stuff forward. It's something definitely to watch. Uh, The next two starts, as you said, Tigers and Pirates, I'm down for both. It is the Red Sox after. Cleveland and the Pirates, but yeah, you want to be careful. Oh, Cleveland, yeah, sorry. Because they could be the, the Red Sox could be clicking. That's why right. it's really more of a short term with Turnbull, especially if you're going in the shallower formats. I'm keeping him on a, on a tighter leash. Boyd, I'm letting go a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would almost uh, Vargas rule plus, where I'd probably nah. give him. You know, the Vargas rule for those that don't know on pitcher list is one bad start and you let him go for somebody that you didn't really expect to do well. I would Vargas rule Turnbull probably. Yeah, no, I get that in the in the ten and twelve teamers, but with Boyd. I'm giving him some opportunities against, yep. and I might I, ideally I could reserve him against some of the tougher teams. But if I have to use him, I'm not cutting bait at at the first sign of trouble for Boyd Turnbull. A little bit more likely to do that unless it's a 15 teamer or an AL only. No, so no, those are Tigers. That about right. Yep, I'm with you. Did there. not think we'd get to talk about two Tigers, <laughs> but uh, I love it. And you know, interestingly enough, not necessarily by design, or maybe it is because that's more likely to have underrated pitchers. But we're talking about. Four pitchers on on some crummy teams here. So your next one is also on a bottom feeder, and uh, I'm intrigued to hear you deep dive this gentleman. Well, it's Caleb Smith. Uh, yes. It's someone that I think Justin Mason. Hang on, let's most. call Justin. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Alex did that. That was ridiculous. That was so good. I was driving over the <laughs> cackling in my it car. It wasn't even over yet. The start wasn't done. I know that. That's what made it the best. Though. <laughs> um. All right. So Caleb Smith is is come out hot. Uh, one whip. Yes, he had, he did allow uh, a couple home runs, uh, the other day against the, against the Reds. I'm uh, sorry, at the, the Braves, uh, two home runs that led to a poor quality start uh, of three and runs at six innings pitch. Exactly. But, uh, the thing I love about Smith is he's just missing so many bats. Uh, he even, he even did it in his first start with that four seamer, nine swing strikes and 42 thrown. 
Uh, he had another 4 and 43 this past start against the Braves. Even that start was still 12 swing strikes and 86 pitches overall. 21. Did, did Alex uh, lose the, the bet? What, what was the bet? It was, was the bet in Atlanta or is it it's no, in no, a Cincinnati? It's start the one after up, that. Right? Yeah, it's the one after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, my bad, my bad. <laughs> but uh, but Caleb Smith, I mean, he has those three pitches, and that and that first one specifically, eleven swing strikes between his slider and changeup in that start alone, uh, with uh, with sliders and changeups, and then in the recent one against the Braves, it's eight among both his changeups and sliders. I think he has two options here to pair with a fastball that's now starting to miss bats, which we thought it could last year. Yep, and it, he's starting to realize that potential now. It's a bit raw. His command isn't as good as I, I think it is with, say, Boyd. Uh, that makes me a little more hesitant. But I would say the breadth of options uh, to miss bats on a given night uh, make puts them on a pretty even level. I think I slightly give the favor to Boyd at the moment. But, I mean, Smith, I think he's someone, uh, what was it, under 10% owned right now in, in all oh, leagues, yeah. which is ridiculous. And well, that, it's, that, it's that Marlins. Yeah, there's some like Marlins uh, hatred that, you know, people just don't want to touch Marlins. You and I hit on this in the winter, and it's not like a backpack. They haven't done anything yet worthy of it, but we hit on the fact that we liked a lot of their starters, but we were obviously concerned about their division. At some point, though, the way the pitching landscape is, you just have to take some of these chances right. and go with these quality arms here and just kind of hope that you don't get too uh, too devastated by some of the tough teams in the division. By the way, it looks like their their bet's going to be null and void because uh, – Smith's going to miss the Cincy series. It's Arena, oh, no. <laughs> uh, Richards, and Lopez. So, you know, that, that's a bummer there. Alex and, and Justin will have to figure something else out. Alex was on the show on Sunday, and I had to miss it, and I'm bummed because I agreed to a, a brunch. i got a buddy that's leaving uh, in about 10 days now. He's moving moving out to L.A., so we've been trying to spend as much time with him as possible. Totally forgot that I'd committed to a, a brunch. So I'm going to have to have Alex on. We need to get Alex on a fireside. Yeah, that'll be fun. We should, we should loop him in on a fireside. But I like Caleb Smith. This was somebody we loved last year, you and I, talking about him on firesides. And then we, he was felled by injury, and so we lost uh, we lost our guy there. But uh, good good call out. Should definitely be on a roster in, in a lot of spots. This week he's going to get Philly, but he gets him at home. So I'd actually I'd actually take the shot. I really would in, I a, would lot of, in a lot of formats here. Uh, all right, my last guy is an, an unknown uh, even more so than Spencer Turnbull, because people were probably like, who the hell is Spencer Turnbull? Uh, Trent Thornton. <laughs> Ever heard of him? Did you know who he was before the season? Uh, I, I Essentially, I remember going through all the players that could be fantasy relevant and looked at him for a second. I was like, eh, and moved yeah, on. Like, uh, uh, traded for Ledmus Diaz. That's who it was. You know, it's probably when that deal came across the ticker. I was like, oh, they got nothing for Ledmus Diaz. Turns out they got Trent Thornton, a, f- a fifth-round uh, pitcher from the Houston organization. Uh, similar to Turnbull in that he's already 25, so he's kind of a ready-made guy, not coming up with a, a whole ton of ceiling. Uh, he's going to kind of come up and, and be who he is, but that's pretty decent. I'm pretty intrigued by what he can do. There's one thing, this is unsurprising because of the organization that he comes from, his calling card is spin rate. He has the highest spin rate curve among starters, and he's only second to Seth Lugo so far this year, minimum 15 thrown, which is, of course, a tiny sample but Thornton can really spin it. 32-32 spin rate for Lugo's curve, 30-63 for Trent Thornton's. Mm, wow. uh, he also runs at 94 miles per hour with his fastball and has four pitches. Like th- this isn't th- this isn't just the curveball or bust. He's got an arsenal here that I think could help him stick around and do some damage, um, you know, for for 
most of the season. He survived in AAA the last two years, but he really kind of took a step forward last year. He had an 18% strikeout minus walk rate, thanks to not really walking guys and generating a 24% strikeout rate. He's always missed bats at a decent clip. I think the curveball is one that can actually miss a lot of bats because of that spin rate. Uh, he did have two easy matchups to generate the 15 strikeouts that we've seen, but I love the 13% swinging strike rate and just the 5% walk rate. So he's carrying up the things from AAA that Trent Thornton was able to do last year. So that's what's going to make him successful, the ability to get some strikeouts, limit walks. So even if he does have a little bit of a home run issue, say that the curve hangs a little bit or or just kind of you know uh, being wobbly your first time around the major leagues, I think there'll be solo shots if there are going to be some homers versus, uh, you know, getting absolutely pummeled with a bunch of hits and walks. So I kind of like Trent Thornton. I kind of go, it's a little bit similar to the Miami guys, wherein, yes, it's a difficult division, but uh, right now you can kind of pick on two of the teams that are supposed to be good because Boston's not hitting well and New York is a little bit beaten up. Not that I would, uh, you know, desperately want to use Trent Thornton in starts against those two teams, but I'm not inherently running away from them either. And uh, I think you can get some value out of Trent Thornton for a while right now, even as even as the uh, the schedule gets a little bit tougher when the division games start to start to click in. So I, I think we're kind of on the same page with Trent. Uh, first of all, I I think we both agree easily that he is the fourth of the four people we've mentioned today. Correct. Uh, yes. And I just want to make sure that's clear to everybody. I uh, the thing I like about Thornton is, of course, that curveball that you mentioned. It is a good secondary pitch. It's not, it's not overwhelming. It's not this overpowering pitch, but it's good. Can you explain like the, that that spin rate alone doesn't make it inherently exactly, like that's right. good? But I I think. And I didn't. Hopefully, I didn't impress that. That just because it's good spin rate, it's an automatically great pitch. But if you want to underline that a little bit more, I think you're making a great point. I, I, th- I can just say this: uh, look at G- Lucas Giolito's curveball. It is a massive pitch, but that's not always going to be effective. Yep. Uh, so it's. I did like the fact that he earned uh, 14 strikes on 24 thrown. That is through swing strikes and called strikes and foul balls and balls in play in that last start against the Tigers. Uh, but we should also keep in mind the last two starts, Indians, Tigers, not the best litmus Just test to understand the effectiveness bad of the pitcher. Now, the thing I don't like is I don't like his fastball. Um, I don't like his command of it. I don't like how he sat way too much in the zone. And I watched a good amount of that game and it very I'll, much I was felt bring like. That up. Very much felt like he's just the glove is in the middle and hopefully it lands in the plate. And a lot, if you look at his strike simple, it's, it, it's the control is good. But he's not going after edges. He's not trying to set guys up, up and in and down and away. And I don't think he's really going to get there. I don't, I don't, I don't see a guy with mechanics that really speak to, uh, consistent and to the, to the glove every single time either. So that gives me some hesitation. And you're right. He does have a change up and slider and they're fine, but I can definitely see him getting into a lot of trouble with that fastball and the curveball while being good isn't this unreal pitch that is going to save him from that and the second other secondary options aren't really that pitch either so it does give me some hesitation and i am a little bit worried in the short term against the rays and in twins but this yeah rays de- this week twins into next week for trent thornton but this is definitely something even for 12 teamers i mean he gets the, the 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 giants after that and then the angels and there might be times through the year that i'm like you know what i'll go with thornton today maybe yes. this could work out i wouldn't be chasing him and then preserving those roster spots i mean you're talking about we can't wait. We have to go and get guys now. Uh, Thornton wouldn't be on that list for a 12-team or 15-team. I understand it's a bit different. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but 12 teamer Thorn is someone you wait and you let him sit out there and maybe you take him for a week or a two start week or something like that. And then he's back on the wire. Well, especially because, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Tampa Bay and Minnesota don't sound like imposing offenses. We didn't have them on paper as like watch out, but that Minnesota team, they, they made some really strong off season moves and they're hitting the ball pretty well. And Tampa Bay is just a good club. I mean, they were nine right. two win club last year. So yeah, these next two starts for Thornton are two that if you did roster him, in like a 12 teamer you can either move away if if you see somebody that you like better one of the other three guys that we mentioned or just reserve him and kind of wait and see what that does because he faced two of the worst uh offenses that you can get right now especially from a swinging strike rate standpoint the tigers and cleveland indians are just flailing at everything so i think all the points that you make you know he's basically a poor man's shane bieber and sure, we talked yeah. about the issues of bieber with his command versus control and so if you're talking about a poor man's iteration of that that could be something that kind of sits in the 450 range with the ERA, but a decent whip and decent strikeouts. That's where we're at with Trent Thornton. Play the schedule more than the other three guys. I trust the other three guys a bit more. And so I think I'm going to go Boyd, Smith, and Turnbull are really kind of a toss-up to me. But I'll, I'll lean Smith because he's shown a little bit more in the majors than Turnbull. Drop down and then Thornton. Yeah, I, th- I have it pretty much the same. I think there is a decent gap between Turnbull and Smith for me in favor of Smith. But yeah, sure. I can't really complain with that at all. Okay. Well, I think that's going to uh, wrap up the f- the what first fireside of the season, right? Is it the official first of the of the actual we, season? I think we did like Friday, like the second day. I of think the year we did. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because we talked about uh, some of those early starts and then highlighted the, uh, right the first the weekend, weekend yep. schedule. So second right. second of the season. But you'll be getting the third this week. We're going to double you up this we week to you. get back on our schedule. And then you should expect Fridays starting this Friday. That's going to be the normal fireside. Nick, great talking with you, by the way. You guys are killing it over there at Pitcher List. Everyone needs to go over there, see what you guys are doing. Content coming like crazy. Podcast uh, with with all the podcasts that you all have, plus the daily. If you like a little daily, little 15-minute, get your morning started right you and Alex kill kill it with that. So keep up the good work over there at Pitcher List. And uh, you and I will talk in just a few days. Well, thanks, Laura. I'll talk to you then. Peace.